chapter seven of the life of washington volume two by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seven american army inoculated general heath moves to kingsbridge returns to peekskill destruction of stores at peekskill at danbury expedition to sag harbor camp formed at middlebrook sir william howe moves out to somerset courthouse returns to amboy attempts to cut off the retreat of the american army to middlebrook lord cornwallis skirmishes with lord stirling general prescott surprised and taken the british army embarks seventeen seventy seven the effect of the proclamation published by lord and general howe on taking possession of new jersey was in a great degree counteracted by the conduct of the invading army fortunately for the united states the hope that security was attainable by submission was soon dissipated whatever may have been the exertions of their general to restrain his soldiers they still considered and treated the inhabitants rather as conquered rebels than returning friends indulging in every species of licentiousness the plunder and destruction of property were among the least offensive of the injuries they inflicted the persons not only of the men but of that sex through which indignities least to be forgiven and longest to be remembered are received were exposed to the most irritating outrage nor were these excesses confined to those who had been active in the american cause the lukewarm and even the loyalists were the victims of this indiscriminating spirit of rapine and violence the effect of such proceedings on a people whose country had never before been the seat of war and whose non-resistance had been occasioned solely by the expectation of that security which had been promised as the reward of submission to the royal authority could not fail to equal the most sanguine hopes of the friends of the revolution a sense of personal wrongs produced a temper which national considerations had proved too weak to excite and when the battles of trenton and princeton relieved the inhabitants from fears inspired by the presence of their invaders the great body of the people flew to arms and numbers who could not be brought into the field to check the advancing enemy and prevent the ravages which uniformly afflict a country that becomes the seat of war were prompt in avenging those ravages small bodies of militia scoured the country seized on stragglers behaved unexceptionably well in several slight skirmishes and were collecting in such numbers as to threaten the weaker british posts with the fate which had befallen trenton and princeton to guard against that spirit of enterprise which his adversary had displayed to such advantage general howe determined to strengthen his post by contracting them the position taken for the purpose of covering the country were abandoned and the british force in new jersey was collected at new brunswick on the raritan and at amboy a small town at the mouth of that river feeble as was the american army this movement was not effected without some loss on the evacuation of elizabethtown general maxwell attacked the british rear and captured about seventy men with a part of their baggage the american troops had been so diminished by the extreme severity of the service that it was with much difficulty the appearance of an army could be maintained fresh militia and volunteers arrived in camp whose numbers were exaggerated by report these additions to his small remaining regular force enabled the general to take different positions near the lines of the enemy 
to harass him perpetually restrain his foraging parties and produce considerable distress in his camp january twelfth while with little more than an imaginary army general washington thus harassed and confined his adversary he came to the hazardous resolution of freeing himself and his troops from the fear of a calamity which he found it impossible to elude and which had proved more fatal in his camp than the sword of the enemy american army inoculated inoculation having been rarely practised in the western world the american youth remained liable to the smallpox notwithstanding the efforts to guard against this disease it had found its way into both the northern and middle army and had impaired the strength of both to an alarming degree to avoid the return of the same evil the general determined to inoculate all the soldiers in the american service with the utmost secrecy preparations were made to give the infection in camp and the hospital physicians in philadelphia were ordered to carry all the southern troops as they should arrive through the disease similar orders were also given to the physicians at other places and thus an army exempt from the fear of a calamity which had at all times endangered the most important operations was prepared for the ensuing campaign this example was followed through the country and this alarming disease was no longer the terror of america as the main body of the british army was cantoned in jersey and a strong detachment occupied rhode island general washington believed that new york could not be perfectly secure his intelligence strengthened this opinion and as an army respectable in point of numbers had been assembled about peekskill he ordered general heath to approach new york for the purpose of foraging and should appearances favor the attempt of attacking the forts which guarded the entrance into the island the hope was entertained that general howe alarmed for new york might either withdraw his troops from jersey or so weaken his posts in that state as to endanger them should this hope be disappointed it was believed that something handsome might be done either on york or long island general heath moves down to king's bridge but returns to peekskill without effecting anything in pursuance of this plan general heath marched down to westchester and summoned fort independence to surrender but the garrison determining to hold the place a council of war deemed it unadvisable to risk an assault an embarkation of troops which took place about that time at rhode island alarmed general heath for his rear and induced him to resume his ground in the highlands though this attempt entirely failed the commander-in-chief still meditated important operations during the winter all the intelligence from europe demonstrated the necessity of these operations and the fallacy of the hope still extensively cherished that the war would be abandoned by great britain the administration was still supported by great majorities in parliament and the nation seemed well disposed to employ all its means to re-annex to the empire what were still denominated revolted colonies it was not to be doubted that large reinforcements would arrive in the spring and the safety of the nation would be in hazard should general howe remain in full force till they should be received the utmost efforts were made by the commander-in-chief to collect a sufficient number of troops to enable him to give a decisive blow to some one of the positions of his enemy the state sovereignties where the real energies of government resided were incessantly urged to fill their regiments and to bring their quotas into the field and congress at his instance passed resolutions authorizing him to draw the troops from peekskill and to call out the militia of the neighboring states it being these resolutions proceed to say the earnest desire of congress to make the army under the immediate command of general washington sufficiently strong not only to curb and confine the enemy within their present quarters and prevent their drawing support of any kind from the country but by the divine blessing totally to subdue them before they can be reinforced 
these resolves were communicated to the general in a letter manifesting the confident expectation of congress that the desire expressed in them would soon be realized but the energy displayed in their passage could not be maintained in their execution many causes concurred to prevent the collection of a force competent to those vigorous operations which the enterprising genius of the commander-in-chief had provisionally planned and the sanguine temper of congress had anticipated some of the state assemblies did not even complete the appointment of officers till the spring and then bitter contests concerning rank remained to be adjusted when the troops should join the army after these arrangements were made the difficulty of enlisting men was unexpectedly great the immense hardships to which the naked soldiers had been exposed during a winter campaign in the face of a superior enemy the mortality resulting from those hardships and probably from an injudicious arrangement of the hospital department which was found to be the tomb of the sick had excited a general disgust to the service and a consequent unwillingness to engage in it from these causes the army continued so feeble that the general instead of being able to execute the great designs he had meditated entertained serious fears that sir william howe would take the field during the winter force his positions cross the delaware on the ice and proceed to philadelphia in the apprehension of this attempt and to avoid that confusion which would result from the removal of stores in the crisis of military operations he had taken the precaution as soon as the armies were in winter quarters to convey those which were most valuable to a distance from the route which it was supposed the british army would pursue march four the real condition of the army is exhibited in a letter from the commander-in-chief to congress in answer to that which enclosed the resolutions already mentioned and which expressed the brilliant schemes of victory formed by the government could i said the general accomplish the important object so eagerly wished by congress confining the enemy within their present quarters preventing their getting supplies from the country and totally subduing them before they are reinforced i should be happy indeed but what prospects or hope can there be of my effecting so desirable a work at this time the enclosed return to which i solicit the most serious attention to congress comprehends the whole force i have in jersey it is but a handful and bears no proportion on the scale of numbers to that of the enemy added to this the major part is made up of militia the most sanguine in speculation cannot deem it more than adequate to the least valuable purposes of war skirmishes though unable to act with the vigor he wished the american general kept up a war of skirmishes through the winter in the course of it british loss was believed to be considerable and hopes were entertained that from the scarcity of forage neither their cavalry nor draught horses would be in a condition to take the field when the campaign should open their foraging parties were often attacked to advantage frequent small successes the details of which filled the papers throughout the united states not only increased the confidence of the american soldiers but served greatly to animate the people state of the army the hope of collecting a sufficient force during the winter to make any valuable impression on the british army being disappointed the views of the general were directed to the next campaign as the new army was to be raised by the authority of the state governments he urged on them the necessity of bringing a respectable force into the field early in the spring with all the earnestness which was suggested by his situation and zeal for the service in connecticut and massachusetts the country was laid off in two districts each of which was required by a given day to furnish a soldier enlisted for three years or during the war in default of which one person from those capable of bearing arms was to be drafted to serve until the first of the ensuing january the commander-in-chief though still deprecating the introduction of men into the army whose terms of service would be of short duration felt the necessity of submitting to this expedient as the most eligible which could now be adopted 
in virginia where the same difficulty attended enlistments it was proposed by the executive to fill the regiments with volunteers who should engage to serve for six months this plan was submitted to general washington by governor henry and his opinion asked upon it i am under the necessity of observing said the general in reply that the volunteer plan which you mention will never answer any valuable purpose and that i cannot but disapprove the measure to the short engagements of our troops may be fairly and justly ascribed almost every misfortune that we have experienced in a subsequent letter to the same gentleman enforcing earnestly the necessity of bringing a sufficient army into the field though coercive measures should be adopted some alternatives were suggested which in a later period of the war con constituted the basis of various experiments to furnish the quota of troops required from that state as the season for active operations approached fresh difficulties growing out of the organization of the american system unfolded themselves as every state was exposed to invasion and the command of the ocean enabled the british general to transfer the war at pleasure to any part of the union the attention of each was directed exclusively to its particular situation each state in the neighborhood of the great theatre of action contemplating its own danger claimed the protection which is due from the whole to its parts although the object of the confederation was the same with that pursued by each of its members the spirit incident to every league could not be controlled in an empire where notwithstanding the existence of a head the essentials of government resided in the members it was displayed in repeated efforts to give to the energies of the army such various directions as would leave it unable to effect any great object or to obstruct any one plan the enemy might form the patriotism of the day however and the unexampled confidence placed by all the state governments in the commander-in-chief prevented the mistress the spirit is so well calculated to generate his representations made their proper impression and the intention of retaining continental troops for local defence was abandoned though with some reluctance the burden however of calling militia from their domestic avocations at every threat of invasion to watch every military post in each state became so intolerable that the people cast about for other expedients to relieve themselves from its weight the plan of raising regular corps to be exclusively under state authority and thus be a perpetual substitute for the yeomanry of the country presented itself as the most effectual and convenient mode of protecting the coasts from insult during the winter general howe kept his troops in their quarters attending to their comfort as the season for more active operations approached his first attention was directed to the destruction of the scanty supplies prepared by the americans for the ensuing campaign a small place on the hudson called peekskill about fifty miles above new york was generally the residence of the officer commanding in the highlands and was used for the reception of stores to be distributed into the neighboring posts as occasion might require its strength like that of all others depending for defense on militia was subject to great fluctuation as soon as the ice was out of the river general howe took advantage of its occasional weakness to carry on an expedition against it for the purpose of destroying the stores there deposited and of bringing them away march twenty three destruction of stores at peekskill colonel bird was detached up the river on this service with about five hundred men under convoy of a frigate and some armed vessels general mcdougall whose numbers did not at that time exceed two hundred and fifty men received timely notice of his approach and exerted himself for the removal of the stores into the strong country in his rear before this could be effected colonel bird appeared and mcdougall after setting fire to the remaining stores and barracks retired into the strong grounds in the rear of peekskill the british detachment completed the conflagration and returned to new york during their short stay a piquet guard was attacked by colonel willett and driven in with the loss of a few men a circumstance believed by general mcdougall 
to have hastened the re-embarkation of the detachment at danbury april military stores to a considerable amount had likewise been deposited at danbury on the western frontier of connecticut although this place is not more than twenty miles from the sound yet the roughness of the intervening country the frequent passage of troops from the eastward through the town and the well-known zeal of the neighbouring militia were believed sufficient to secure the magazines collected at it against danbury an expedition was projected and two thousand men under the command of governor tryon major-general of the provincials in the british service assisted by brigadiers agnew and sir william erskine were employed in it april twenty eighth on the twenty fifth of april the fleet appeared off the coast of connecticut and in the evening the troops were landed without opposition between fairfield and norwalk general silliman then casually in that part of the country immediately dispatched expresses to assemble the militia in the meantime tryon proceeded to danbury which he reached about two the next day on his approach colonel huntingdon who had occupied the town with about one hundred and fifty men retired to a neighbouring height and danbury with the magazines it contained was consumed by fire general arnold who was also in the state superintending the recruiting service joined general silliman at Reading, where that officer had collected about five hundred militia general worcester who had resigned his commission in the continental service and been appointed major-general of the militia fell in with them at the same place and they proceeded in the night through a heavy rain to bethel about eight miles from danbury having heard next morning that tryon after destroying the town and magazines was returning they divided their troops and general worcester with about three hundred men fell in his rear while arnold with about five hundred crossing the country took post in his front at ridgefield worcester came up with his rear about eleven in the morning attacked it with great gallantry and a sharp skirmish ensued in which he was mortally wounded and his troops were repulsed tryon then proceeded to ridgefield where he found arnold already entrenched on a strong piece of ground and prepared to dispute his passage a warm skirmish ensued which continued nearly an hour arnold was at length driven from the field after which he retreated to pogatuck about three miles east of norwalk at break of day next morning after setting ridgefield on fire the british resumed their march about eleven in the forenoon they were again met by arnold whose numbers increased during the day to rather more than one thousand men among whom were some continental troops a continued skirmishing was kept up until five in the afternoon when the british formed on a hill near their ships the americans attacked them with intrepidity but were repulsed and broken tryon availing himself of this respite re-embarked his troops and returned to new york the loss of the british amounted to about one hundred and seventy men that of the americans was represented by tryon as being much more considerable by themselves it was not admitted to exceed one hundred in this number however were comprehended general worcester lieutenant-colonel gould and another field officer killed and colonel lamb wounded several other officers and volunteers were killed military and hospital stores to a considerable amount which were greatly needed by the army were destroyed in the magazines at danbury but the loss most severely felt was rather more than one thousand tents which had been provided for the campaign about to open not long afterwards this enterprise was successfully retaliated a british detachment had been for some time employed in collecting forage and provisions on the eastern end of long island how supposed this part of the country to be so completely secured by the armed vessels which incessantly traversed the sound that he confided the protection of the stores deposited at a small port called sag harbor to a schooner with twelve guns and a company of infantry expedition of colonel meigs to sag harbor may general parsons who commanded a few recruits at new haven thinking it practicable to elude the cruisers in the bay formed the design of surprising this party and other adjacent posts the execution of which was entrusted to lieutenant-colonel meigs 
a gallant officer who had accompanied arnold in his memorable march to quebec he embarked with about two hundred and thirty men on board thirteen whaleboats and proceeded along the coast to guilford where he was to cross the sound with about one hundred and seventy of his detachment under convoy of two armed sloops he proceeded across the sound to the north division of the island near south hold in the neighbourhood of which a small foraging party against which the expedition was in part directed was supposed to lie but they had marched two days before to new york the boats were conveyed across the land a distance of about fifteen miles into a bay which deeply intersects the eastern end of long island where the troops re-embarked crossing the bay they landed at two in the morning about four miles from sag harbour which place they completely surprised and carried with charged bayonets may twenty four at the same time a division of the detachment secured the armed schooner and the vessels laden with forage which were set on fire and entirely consumed six of the enemy were killed and ninety taken prisoners a very few escaped under cover of the night the object of this expedition being effected without the loss of a man colonel meigs returned to guilford with his prisoners having as was stated in the letter to general parsons moved with such uncommon celerity as to have transported his men by land and water ninety miles in twenty-five hours congress directed a sword to be presented to him and passed a resolution expressing the high sense entertained of his merit and of the prudence activity and valor displayed by himself and his party the exertions made by the commander-in-chief through the winter to raise a powerful army for the ensuing campaign had not been successful the hopes respecting its strength which the flattering reports made from every quarter had authorized him to form were cruelly disappointed and he found himself not only unable to carry into effect the offensive operations he had meditated but unequal even to defensive war that steady and persevering courage however which had supported himself and the american cause through the gloomy scenes of the preceding year did not forsake him and that sound judgment which applies to the best advantage those means which are attainable however inadequate they may be still remained his plan of operations was adapted to that which he believed his enemy had formed he was persuaded either that general burgoyne would endeavour to take ticonderoga and to penetrate to the hudson in which event general howe would co-operate with him by moving up that river and attempting to possess himself of the forts and high grounds commanding its passage or that burgoyne would join the grand army at new york by sea after which the combined armies would proceed against philadelphia to counteract the designs of the enemy whatever they might be to defend the three great points ticonderoga the highlands of new york and philadelphia against two powerful armies so much superior to him in arms and numbers and in discipline it was necessary to make such an arrangement of his troops as would enable the parts reciprocally to aid each other without neglecting objects of great and almost equal magnitude which were alike threatened and were far asunder to effect these purposes the troops of new england and new york were divided between ticonderoga and peekskill while those from jersey to north carolina inclusive were directed to assemble at the camp to be formed in jersey the more southern troops remained in that weak quarter of the union for its protection camp formed at middlebrook these arrangements being made and the recruits collected the camp at morristown was broken up the detachments called in and the army assembled at middlebrook just behind a connected ridge of strong and commanding heights north of the road leading to philadelphia and about ten miles from brunswick this camp the approaches to which were naturally difficult was rendered still more defensible by entrenchments the heights in front commanded a prospect of the course of the raritan the road to philadelphia the hills about brunswick and a considerable part of the country between that place and amboy so as to afford a full view of the most interesting movements of the enemy the force brought into the field by america required all the aid which could be derived from strong positions and unremitting vigilance on the twentieth of may the total of the army in jersey excluding cavalry and artillery 
amounted to only eight thousand three hundred and seventy-eight men of whom upwards of two thousand were sick the effective rank and vile were only five thousand seven hundred and thirty-eight had this army been composed of the best disciplined troops its inferiority in point of numbers must have limited its operations to defensive war and have rendered it incompetent to the protection of any place whose defence would require battle in the open field but more than half the troops were unacquainted with the first rudiments of military duty and had never looked an enemy in the face as an additional cause of apprehension a large proportion of the soldiers especially from the middle states were foreigners many of them servants in whose attachment to the american cause full confidence could not be placed general washington anticipating a movement by land towards philadelphia had taken the precaution to give orders for assembling on the western bank of the delaware an army of militia strengthened by a few continental troops the command of which was given to general arnold who was then in philadelphia employed in the settlement of his accounts the first and real object of the campaign on the part of general howe was the acquisition of philadelphia he intended to march through jersey and after securing the submission of that state to cross the delaware on a portable bridge constructed in the winter for the purpose and proceed by land to that city if in the execution of this plan americans could be brought to a general action on equal ground the advantages of the royal army must ensure a victory but should washington decline an engagement and be again pressed over the delaware the object would be as certainly obtained had sir william howe taken the field before the continental troops were assembled this plan might probably have been executed without any serious obstruction but the tents and camp equipage expected from europe did not arrive until general washington had collected his forces and taken possession of the strong post on the heights of middlebrook it would be dangerous to attack him on such advantageous ground for although his camp might be forced victory would probably be attended with such loss as to disable the victor from reaping its fruits if it was deemed too hazardous to attack the strong camp at middlebrook and attempt to cross the delaware in the face of an army collected on its western bank while that under general washington remained unbroken in his rear was an experiment of equal danger it comported with the cautious temper of sir william howe to devise some other plan of operation to which he might resort should he be unable to seduce the american general from his advantageous position the two great bays of delaware and chesapeake suggested the alternative of proceeding by water should he be unable to manoeuvre general washington out of his present encampment june the plan of the campaign being settled and some small reinforcements with the expected camp equipage being received from europe general howe leaving a garrison in new york and a guard in amboy assembled his army at brunswick june twelve and gave strong indications of an intention to penetrate through the country to the delaware and reach philadelphia by land believing this to be his real design washington placed a select corps of riflemen under the command of colonel morgan an officer who had distinguished himself in the unfortunate attempt to storm quebec and in whom those peculiar qualities which fit a man for the command of a partisan corps designed to act on the lines of a formidable enemy were eminently united he was ordered to take post at van Vyten's bridge on the raritan just above its confluence with the millstone river to watch the left flank of the british army and seize every occasion to harass it so william howe moves out to somerset court house in great force early in the morning of the fourteenth sir william howe leaving two thousand men under the command of general matthews at brunswick advanced in two columns towards the delaware the front of the first under lord cornwallis reached somerset court house nine miles from brunswick by the appearance of day and the second commanded by general de heister reached middlebush about the same time this movement was made with the view of inducing general washington to quit his fortified camp and approach the delaware in which event the british general expected to bring on an engagement on ground less disadvantageous 
than that now occupied by the american army but that officer understood the importance of his position too well to abandon it on the first intelligence that the enemy was in motion he drew out his whole army and formed it to great advantage on the heights in front of his camp this position was constantly maintained the troops remained in order of battle during the day and in the night slept on the ground to be defended in the meantime the jersey militia with an alacrity theretofore unexampled in that state took the field in great numbers they principally joined general sullivan who had retired from princeton behind the sourland hills towards Flemingtown, where an army of some respectability was forming which could readily cooperate without under the immediate inspection of the commander-in-chief the settled purpose of general washington was to defend his camp but not to hazard a general action on other ground he had therefore determined not to advance from the heights he occupied into the open country either towards the enemy or the delaware the object of general howe seems to have been by acting on his anxiety for philadelphia to seduce him from the strong ground about middlebrook and tempt him to approach the delaware in hope of defending its passage should he succeed in this he had little doubt of being able to bring on an engagement in which he counted with certainty on victory the considerations which restrained general howe from attempting to march through jersey leaving the american army in full force in his rear had determined washington to allow him to proceed to the delaware if such should be his intention in that event he had determined to throw those impediments only in the way of the hostile army which might harass and retard its march and maintaining the high and secure grounds north of the road to be taken by the enemy to watch for an opportunity of striking some important blow with manifest advantage he was not long in penetrating the designs of his adversary the views of the enemy he writes to general arnold in a letter of the seventeenth must be to destroy this army and get possession of philadelphia i am however clearly of opinion that they will not move that way until they have endeavoured to give a severe blow to this army the risk would be too great to attempt to cross the river when they must expect to meet a formidable opposition in front and would have such a force as ours in their rear they might possibly be successful but the probability would be infinitely against them should they be imprudent enough to make the attempt i shall keep close upon their heels and will do everything in my power to make the project fatal to them but besides the argument in favour of their intending in the first place a stroke at this army drawn from the policy of the measure every appearance contributes to confirm the opinion had their design been for the delaware in the first instance they would probably have made a secret rapid march for it and not have halted so as to awaken our attention and give us time to prepare for obstructing them instead of that they have only advanced to a position necessary to facilitate an attack on our right the part in which we are most exposed in addition to this circumstance they have come out as light as possible leaving all their baggage provisions boats and bridges at brunswick this plainly contradicts the idea of their intending to push for the delaware returns to amboy finding the american army could not be drawn from its strong position general howe determined to waste no more time in threatening philadelphia by land but to withdraw from jersey and to embark his army as expeditiously as possible for the chesapeake or the delaware on the night of the nineteenth he returned to brunswick and on the twenty-second to amboy from which place the heavy baggage and a few of his troops passed into staten island on the bridge which had been designed for the delaware general washington had expected this movement from brunswick and had made arrangements to derive some advantage from it general green was detached with three brigades to annoy the british rear and sullivan and maxwell were ordered to cooperate with him in the meantime the army paraded on the heights of middlebrook ready to act as circumstances might require about sunrise colonel morgan drove in a piquet guard soon after which that division commenced its march to amboy some sharp skirmishing took place between this party and morgan's regiment but the hope of gaining any important advantage was entirely disappointed and the retreat to amboy was effected with inconsiderable loss 
june twenty four in order to cover his light parties which still hung on the british flank and rear general washington advanced six or seven miles to quibbletown on the road to amboy and lord stirling's division was pushed still farther to the neighbourhood of the metucking meeting-house for the purpose of cooperating with the light parties should the retreat to staten island afford an opportunity of striking at the rear endeavours to cut off the retreat of the american army to middlebrook but is disappointed believing it now practicable to bring on an engagement and probably hoping to turn the left of the american army and gain the heights in its rear general howe in the night of the twenty fifth recalled the troops from staten island and early next morning made a rapid movement in two columns towards westfield the right under the command of lord cornwallis took the route by woodbridge to the scotch plains and the left led by sir william howe in person marched by metucking meeting-house to fall into the rear of the right column it was intended that the left should take a separate road soon after this junction and attack the left flank of the american army at quibbletown while lord cornwallis should gain the heights on the left of the camp at middlebrook four battalions with six pieces of cannon were detached to bonham town lord cornwallis skirmishes near the scotch plains with lord stirling june thirty about woodbridge the right column fell in with one of the american parties of observation which gave notice of this movement general washington discerned his danger put the whole army instantly in motion and regained the camp at middlebrook lord cornwallis fell in with lord stirling and a sharp skirmish ensued in which the americans were driven from their ground with the loss of three field pieces and a few men they retreated to the hills about the scotch plains and were pursued as far as westfield perceiving the passes in the mountains on the left of the american camp to be guarded and the object of this skilful manoeuvre to be consequently unattainable his lordship returned through railway to amboy and the whole army crossed over to staten island july two general washington was now again left to his conjectures respecting the plan of the campaign before sir william howe had in any degree disclosed his views intelligence was received of the appearance of burgoyne on lake champlain and that ticonderoga was threatened this intelligence strengthened the opinion that the design of howe must be to seize the passes in the mountains on the hudson secure the command of that river and effect a junction between the two armies yet he could not permit himself to yield so entirely to this impression as to make a movement which might open the way by land to philadelphia his army therefore maintained its station at middlebrook but arrangements were made to repel any sudden attack on the posts which defended the hudson some changes made in the stations of the british ships and troops having relieved the american general from his apprehensions of a sudden march to philadelphia he advanced sullivan's divisions to pompton plains on the way to peekskill and proceeded with the main body of his army to morristown thus approaching the highlands of new york without removing so far from middlebrook as to be unable to regain that camp should general howe indicate an intention to seize it meanwhile the british general prosecuted diligently his plan of embarkation which was necessarily attended with circumstances indicating a much longer voyage than that up the north river these circumstances were immediately communicated to the eastern states and congress was earnestly pressed to strengthen the fortifications on the delaware and to increase the obstructions in that river july sixteenth in the midst of these appearances certain intelligence was received that burgoyne was in great force on the lakes and was advancing against ticonderoga this intelligence confirmed the opinion that the main object of howe must be to effect a junction with burgoyne on the north river under this impression general washington ordered sullivan to peekskill and advanced himself first to pompton plains and afterwards to the clove where he determined to remain until the views of the enemy should be disclosed while the general thus anxiously watched the movements of his adversary an agreeable and unexpected piece of intelligence was received from new england the command of the british troops in rhode island had devolved on general prescott 
thinking himself perfectly secure in an island the water surrounding which was believed to be entirely guarded by his cruisers and at the head of an army greatly superior to any force then collected in that department indulged himself in convenient quarters rather distant from camp and was remiss with respect to the guards about his person information of this negligence was communicated to the main and a plan was formed to surprise him this spirited enterprise was executed with equal courage and address by lieutenant colonel barton of the rhode island militia general prescott surprised and taken on the night of the tenth he embarked on board four whale-boats at warwick neck with a party consisting of about forty persons including captain adams and phillips and several other officers after proceeding about ten miles by water unobserved by the british guard-boats although several ships of war lay in that quarter he landed on the west of the island about midway between newport and bristol ferry and marching a mile to the quarters of prescott dexterously seized the sentinel at his door and one of his aides the general himself was taken out of bed and conveyed to a place of safety the success of this intrepid enterprise diffused the more joy throughout america because it was supposed to secure the liberation of general lee by enabling general washington to offer an office of equal rank in exchange for him congress expressed a high sense of the gallant conduct of colonel barton and his party and presented him with a sword as a mark of approbation as the fleet fell down toward sandy hook general washington withdrew slowly from the clove and disposed his army in different divisions so as to march to any point which might be attacked the british army embarks at length the embarkation was completed and the fleet put to sea End of chapter seven